Welcome back, everybody. This is Rick Pettigrew, back with a sneak peek at our top news stories for this past week of Archaeologica. Send us feedback on the Archaeology Channel Facebook page or post a message on our social networking site, Archaeostique. An ancient wooden mask in Japan dates to the earliest agricultural period. Burials from an ancient cemetery beneath Paris reveal new insight into the culture of the Gauls before they were fully Romanized. The oldest human remains yet found in Puerto Rico surprisingly suggest that people then were more settled and had a more diverse diet than previously suspected. And a 40,000-year-old bone object found in Spain with many shallow punctures offers the earliest known evidence of people making clothes. Thanks to everyone for supporting a subscription platform Heritage Broadcasting Service available at heritagetac.org. We now have hundreds of titles you can binge upon on Roku. Please help us spread the word. Again, that link is heritagetac.org. Our tour program, TAC Tours, will continue this year, including a tour of megalithic sites in Ireland in September. The link to our tour program is at archaeologychannel.org tours. And now, here's Laura Kennedy with the audio news from Archaeologica. We hope you find this to be a valuable part of your day. Welcome to the audio news from Archaeologica. I'm Laura Kennedy, and these are the headlines in archaeological and historical news for the week of April 23rd through the 29th, 2023. Our first story this week comes from Japan, where archaeologists at the Osaka Center for Cultural Heritage announced the find of an 1,800-year-old ritual mask in Osaka Prefecture. As reported by Heritage Daily, the discovery came during excavations to extend the Osaka monorail in the city of Higashi, Osaka. This is the third find of a mask from this period. The Osaka mask is about 4 inches wide by 8 inches high and was carved from a cedar tree. It represents a human face with two eye holes and a mouth. A perforated hole on one side still survives, showing that it was made for someone to wear. The researchers believe the mask was used for ritual ceremonies during important agricultural festivals around 1800 years ago, during the Yayoi era. This was the era when Japan transitioned to a settled agricultural society using agricultural methods that were initially introduced from Korea. Distinguishing characteristics of the Yayoi period include the appearance of new Yayoi pottery styles, improved carpentry and architecture, and the start of intensive rice agriculture in paddy fields. The Osaka mask is similar to a previously found mask from the Makimuku ruins in the Nara prefecture. According to Karu Terasawa, director of the research center in Makimuku Gaku, the masks represent what was called a spirit of a head, or a god in the shape of a human. The wearer would have represented the authority of the Okimi, the leader of the Yamato kingship, a dominant political coalition of influential clans based in what is now Nara Prefecture. The Yamato kingship held sway from the 3rd to the 7th century AD. The excavations also turned up a wooden water bucket and a charred hoe-shaped wooden object, preserved in flood sediment nearly 10 feet below the present-day ground surface. 
Next, we go to Paris, where a careful excavation of over 50 burials from Roman Gaul are expected to shed light on the little-known culture of the Parisi. The Parisi were an ancient Gallic tribe, briefly described by Julius Caesar in his book Commentaries on the Gallic War. Thanks to Caesar and those who came after him, the Romans conquered Gaul and brought deep changes to its culture. As reported by Smithsonian Magazine, the new cemetery finds will add significantly to what is known about the people of early Roman Gaul. Although modern Paris bears the name of the Parisi, during Roman times the ancient city was called Lutetia. It had several cemeteries, and the new finds come from the Saint-Jacques necropolis, just a few feet away from what is now a bustling train station. According to Dominique Garcia, president of the French National Institute for Preventive Archaeological Research, the necropolis was the largest in ancient Lutetia. This isn't the first time it's been excavated, however. In the 1800s, a brief survey unearthed part of the ancient cemetery, but the archaeologists were chiefly seeking objects of value and ignored both the skeletons and many of the modest burial goods, reburying the site. Construction of roadways and a railway line in the 1970s failed to rediscover the remains. The Institute researchers, however, suspected that a new construction project at the Port Royal train station was located near the lost necropolis and relocated it during their survey. The 50 burials they excavated are of adults and children. The find of many nails around each body shows that they were originally interred in wooden coffins, which have since decayed. Just under half the graves contained funerary goods, many of them ceramic and glass vessels. At least one skeleton was buried with a coin in its mouth, a bribe for Sharon, the ferryman of the underworld, who sails souls across the river Styx in Greek mythology. The coin dates to the 2nd century AD, showing when the necropolis was active. The researchers believe its use ended in the 4th century. Traces of shoes with studded soles found in the necropolis indicate the dead were buried in their clothing. The Parisi fought the Roman invaders, burning their homes when they were forced to retreat, and leaving no historic records of their own. Much of the tribe's history has been lost, so sites like the newly excavated necropolis are key to rediscovering their traditions. The researchers plan to study the health of the Parisi through DNA analysis, as well as examining how their culture is reflected in their burial customs. Our third story takes us to Puerto Rico, where a detailed study of early burials has revealed that Puerto Rico's early inhabitants were more settled than previously thought, had burial grounds used for multiple generations, and ate a fairly varied diet, including both seafood and cultivated crops like maize. According to William Pessel, a University of Miami bioarchaeologist who led the study, these are the oldest human remains ever found in Puerto Rico, dating back as far as 1800 BC. Puerto Rico's warm, humid climate causes most bone, human, or animal to deteriorate quickly. Few sites have been found from early periods of occupation, let alone sites with burials. As reported by Science.org, Puerto Rico's first inhabitants are believed to have migrated into the Antilles archipelago around 2500 BC, from the coasts of South and Central America. However, very little is known about these earliest Caribbean settlers. 
Due to rapid bone deterioration, only a handful of sites and fewer than 20 human burials have been found from this period. Based on the limited archaeological record, researchers previously thought these early settlers lived nomadic lives, constantly moving around the island without establishing complex social systems or building permanent settlements. The newly studied remains changed that interpretation. They were found in 1993 as part of an archaeological recovery dig before a construction project in an area in southwestern Puerto Rico known today as Cabo Rojo. The dig yielded the remains of five individuals, along with evidence of food and artifacts such as stone tools and pendants. Because the construction company went out of business, the excavated remains stayed sealed up in boxes. Three decades later, the original director of the excavation teamed with PESEL and with support from the Puerto Rican government and the Institute of Puerto Rican Culture, their team carried out a range of detailed analyses of the remains. Radiocarbon dating revealed the five individuals lived between approximately 1900 and 800 BC. The earliest human remains represent the oldest yet found in Puerto Rico. Carbon and nitrogen isotope ratios in the bones, which change depending on the balance of land or seafoods in a person's diet, showed that these islanders regularly dined on both seafood and land-based animals. They also ate a lot of plants high in carbon-4, such as maize, suggesting they may have been experimenting with plant domestication. Compared with people analyzed from other ancient Puerto Rican burial sites, the Cabo Rojo individuals appear to have enjoyed a particularly diverse diet. The five burials span a period between 500 and 1,000 years, suggesting that despite their nomadic reputation, some people may have settled permanently at the Cabo Rojo site. According to Pessel, this time span shows a long attachment to this burial place, with repeated use possibly sending a signal that the group owned or controlled the territory around it. Similar burials, stretching over decades and even centuries, have been found in early sites in Cuba, possibly forcing researchers to rethink whether these early inhabitants across the Caribbean were nomadic as well. Combined with previous studies suggesting these early Puerto Rican inhabitants may have domesticated plants and made ceramics, the findings begin to tell of a more complex society than was previously thought. Under the terms set by the Puerto Rican government, the remains, once they are analyzed, will return to the island. The new study appears in the online journal PLOS One. We end the week in Spain, where puncture marks on a prehistoric bone tool suggest it was used in sewing clothes nearly 40,000 years ago. As reported by Smithsonian Magazine, the artifact comes from an early Upper Paleolithic site on the coast of Catalonia, just south of Barcelona. The site dates to around 39,600 years ago during the Pleistocene, when early modern humans were moving into Europe but facing the cold climate of the Ice Age, when warm clothing was important. The bone piece has 28 indentations on its surface. Several are in a line, but the others form no particular pattern and have different depths. The lack of symmetry or apparent plan seems to rule out artistic or religious use. Instead, researchers hypothesized that the bone piece was a punchboard, used as a hard backing under leather so that the clothing maker could efficiently punch holes through the leather with a chisel or awl, and then sew the clothing pieces together with a heavy thread. 
If so, the bone would be the oldest evidence found in Europe for garment making. According to Luc Doyon, a co-author of the study and an archaeologist at the University of Bordeaux in France, the bone punchboard shows that the Aurignacian people who lived here had a toolkit for making fitted clothes. No remains of Pleistocene clothing have ever been found, so indirect evidence like this is crucial to piecing together the history of clothing. Clothing is thought to have been around since at least 120,000 years ago, but the oldest fragments of cloth ever found are only about 10,000 years old. In Europe, the earliest bone needles found are about 15,000 years old. This bone fragment may shed some light on the issue. It appears to be from the hip of an animal in the Bovidae family, which includes antelopes, sheep, and buffaloes, or a foam of equid, such as a horse. The 28 punctures include two distinct sets, a group of 10 remarkably similar notches in a row, and a group of 15 that are unaligned, as well as three smaller isolated marks. The team concluded these indentations came from six separate episodes of punching holes in hides. In general, a series of marks in a line could signal an object was used to record information or was used as a piece of artwork. In general, a series of marks in a line could signal an object was used to record information or was a piece of artwork. But in the case of this bone, both explanations seemed unlikely. Some of the holes are hard to see, and the bone wasn't manipulated in other ways. To determine how the Pleistocene people made the punctures, the researchers trained experimenters to try to reproduce the punctures themselves with a variety of ancient tools, including shaped antlers, bones, and horns. They found that placing a hide over a bone and hammering a pointed awl-like flint tool through it resulted in the same types of puncture marks seen on the artifact. According to Doyon, the researchers could then push thread through the holes to make seams. The results are evidence that hunter-gatherers at the time had the knowledge and technology to make fitted clothing and other tailored leather products such as shoes. The research was published this month in the journal Science Advances. That wraps up the news for this week. For more stories and daily news updates, visit Archaeologica on the World Wide Web at archaeologica.org, where all the news is history. Also, be sure to check out our new subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, at heritagetac.org. I'm Laura Kennedy, and I'll see you next week. This has been the audio news from Archaeologica, presented by the Archaeology Channel. Be sure to check back with us next week for our next edition. You can spread the word about the audio news by clicking on the Share This link on our audio news webpage, or just by telling your friends. Thanks very much for stopping by. Mm-hmm.